Uh, welcome to Church Project. If you're a first-time guest here, uh, we go through the Bible, and um, it's kind of important that you go through the Bible if you're a church, right? So if, if you don't own a Bible, there's a Bible um, under the seat uh, near you, or there's one over on the lamp over here. We're actually going to be going through Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. We started this last week, and this is known as the Lord's Prayer. Anyone know the Lord's Prayer? I don't even know if you need to be a Christian to know the Lord's Prayer. Like, it's everywhere. It's, you know, here it is. It's this then how you should pray. Jesus is, is saying this to his disciples, and here's the Lord's Prayer, which should really be called the Disciples' Prayer. It's like how the disciples should pray. And this is how it goes. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Are you familiar with that prayer? Have you, have you heard this prayer before? Hey, this is a, this is a, a warning for today. Today, um, we're going to have some monologue. I'll sit up here and I'll say some words, but we're also going to have some dialogue today. So just be prepared. Start loosening up because we're going to talk. We're going to interact today. Uh, when we look at this prayer, we look at, and Jesus is, at this point in his teaching, he has thousands of people that are following him, and his disciples are saying, what should we do? And, and Jesus looks at him and says, this is how you should pray. And he's not saying, use this and pray these words, word for word. And it's kind of beautiful when, when we kind of get in liturgy, or we want to say this word for word, actually this prayer word for word. That's kind of beautiful, but that's not the intent of this prayer. Like Jesus says, here's a model of how you should pray. Take the contents of what I'm telling you and just pray it in your own words. So last week we started this, this series, I'm going to call it a series, a prayer series, and uh, what we did is we looked at the very first part of this. We looked at our Father in heaven. And we broke down just what that might mean. Some of us on, our, on, on this earth, we don't have, let's say, the best picture or image of what a, a father is. Maybe because of abandonment or a missing father or abuse or, or just a, a lack of a father here on earth. And so when we hear father, we, we kind of we cringe right away. We go, okay, I, I don't have a good representation as to what that means in my life. And so last week we unpacked that and talked about how all of us, you know, we are all adopted into the family of Christ. And we all have a heavenly father. And as Jesus, part of Jesus, as he was about to go die on the cross, we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what's he doing? He's calling out to his father and he's saying, Abba, Father, like Daddy, show me how to live. Show me how to live my life and, and do things the way that you do it. And so we looked at that. And this week, what we're going to look at is the second part of that first verse. So last week was our father in heaven. This week is hallowed be your name. And we're going to look at that today. But when we think about this prayer, this is a powerful prayer. I come to this prayer and I come to this message just humble because this prayer has been around for 2,000 years plus. Like this isn't something that was just created. Like Justin Bieber just didn't write a song about this and it's like a fad that's coming in and out, right? Like this has been around for a really long time. And when I think about this, I, I'm, I'm in awe and, and of the richness that is surrounding this prayer and really the Bible and text. I think of right now, just go in your mind and go back to the thousands of years that have come before us and people have used this model praying. 
and why have they used this model and what's the situations they've used in this model i can think of the the single mom maybe in her kitchen just just bawling going how am i going to provide for my kids what am i going to do comes to scripture and begins praying in her own broken humble like desperate words i think of the disciples I think of the men and women, great men and women that had come before us that have even died, you know, for this thing called Christianity. I think back through all time for 2,000 years, people have used this as a model of praying, like crying out to God. And when I think about that, it's with awe and with richness I approach this, and I go, church, wow, how powerful is this that we get to approach God and we get to talk to him? Whether we're just ecstatic and loving our day or we're in desperate, desperate need, calling out to God. So when we look at this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's look at this word, hallowed. How many of you go around and say hallowed? How many, how many of you used that in a sentence le- uh, recently? You know, maybe, I don't know, try it this week. Try to get it in there. This isn't, this isn't usu- a usual uh, uh, term that, that we use in our in our conversations, you know, hallowed. But this is what it says, hallowed be whose name in this? Who, whose name? It says, hallowed be your name. Not hallowed be my name. And we look at this word, hallowed. And it seems to be in the context of, of what's being said right here. It says, hallowed be your name. It seems to be in the context of this that it's a statement. It's a declaration. Would you agree? We'll get some yeses going. Oh, yeah, 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 no, no, yeah. How about this? Agree like this, no like this, ready? Okay, we got some thumbs. Oh, hey, who someone's calling me? Number one, okay, I got you. Um, hallowed be your name. It seems to be a declaration of who God is. If you, if you look into the Greek tense of this sentence and, and how it's being used right here, and it's, it kind of changes the meaning of this because I've always looked at it as like a declaration. Hallowed be your name. And it's true, it is a declaration. More accurately, though, when you look at it in the Greek, this is how it should read. Lord, may your name be sanctified. It is a question, it is a request from God. And so when Jesus is praying, he's saying, Lord, hallowed be your name, as in, Lord, may your name be sanctified. And I say this, and I ask this question. America, do you hear that? Would you agree with me? America, do you hear this? Like, is, is the cause of our life and the way that we're living our life such that our life is a living prayer that says, Lord, may your name be sanctified. Hallowed be your name. May you be set apart. May you be holy in all aspects of our life. America, we need to listen up. We need to hallow God's name. When God sanctifies us, a fancy word isn't it when god sanctifies us it means that he makes us holy more like himself but when we sanctify god it it means that we treat him as holy and beautiful and set apart and so when we look at this prayer in this prayer we are not saying lord your name is hallowed as a declaration would say What we are saying is, Lord, cause your name to be hallowed. Cause everything that is on earth to know that you are king. You are holy. 
This is a beautiful prayer. It's a beautiful request. When you look at it, Jesus is saying, this is how you should pray. You should start out and say, Father in heaven, cause your name to be known. As I was reading and as I was studying this, I came across um, Tom Wright. He's a commentarian. Any of you read Tom Wright? He's, he's kind of brilliant. And so I came across it, and, and, and this is what Tom Wright says about this. He says, may your name be honored. That is, may you be worshipped by your whole creation. May the whole cosmos resound with your praise. May the whole world be freed from injustice, disfigurement, sin, and death. And may your name be hallowed. Church, this is a request that is beautiful. It's calling out for all of cosmos to say, may you know the name of God and may his name be great in your life. What, is it, what do you think when you read this? Does it change it when you look at it more of like a request than a declaration? Does it change it in your mind the way that you approach this, this prayer right here? It's a request saying, God, be Lord of everything. I think in my life, and I think in our, our lives as we go about our, our every day, our day in, our day out. And I want to be aware, I want to be purposed, I want to be alert to and looking for how he is accomplishing in the, in this in my life. How in my every day, my Monday to Monday, my, from waking to, to going to sleep, where I can look and see that God is making his main name known in all aspects of my life. And that is a request that I hope as Christians, we are walking around and we are saying, God, may your name be set apart from everything. May you be hallowed. And what in this one little word right here, when we look at it this way, this actually, this word, as a request, is the mission of the church. It's the mission of the church. Like, we should be walking around and saying, God, may your be name be known in the hospital. God, may your name be known in my school uh, classes. May your name be known at the park, wherever I go, the grocery store. May your name be lo known. Lord, may your name be sanctified. And when I say, as I continue to look at this word and, and just studied it this week, hallowed is a sentence, in the sentence structure, is an aorist imperative. Which, yippity-doo-dah-day, what does that mean? Doesn't mean anything, does it? Except it actually has some really good depth to it. When you look at the, what this word means and the context of where it's set and knowing that it's an aorist imperative, and this is what it means. It means past without completion. This word hallowed means something that has been accomplished in the past, but it's without completion and it's ongoing with vital importance. And so when we see hallowed be your name, past without completion, with vital importance, and the mission of the church is to walk around and to let God's name be known everywhere that we go, I say and I pray over every aspect of my life, Lord, may your name be hallowed in everything that I do and everything that I say. And so you can see as Jesus is telling his disciples, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be known. That would be a simple version of this prayer. May your name be known. Church, do we pray this? And is this our mission? Is this our cause? Do we, do we hope to accomplish this in our life? Well, this week is a special week. 
All Saints Day is observed on November 1st. All Saints Day. Some of you may be aware of this. Maybe you've been part of, of different church um, structures where you've celebrated this. All Saints Day is, is observed on November 1st. And the purpose is to pray for all the saints that have passed on before us. That's the purpose of All Saints Day. Uh, now, on the, on the day before All Saints Day is a day known as All Hallows, also known as Halloween. This happens on the day before All Saints Day. And the purpose of All Hallows, or Halloween, is it's celebrated to usher in goblins, and witches, and spirits, dark forces. And why those are ushered in is to hinder the prayers of the saints that's going to happen on All Saints Day, the next day. So you follow me? All Saints Day, November 21st, is to pray for dead people. All Hallows, Halloween, is to usher in these evil spirits to hinder the prayers of the people that are praying for the dead people. You get, you follow me? And the practice of trick-or-treating dates back to the Middle Ages when poor people would go door-to-door begging for food in exchange for their prayers for the dead people. So there's a lot of dead people and a lot of prayer and a lot of weird stuff going on right here. Here's the deal. And we'll see this even this week. Here's the deal. Nowhere in the Bible does it teach us to pray for the dead. Nowhere in the Bible does it preach us to pray for the dead. In fact, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 declares that we can go directly to him, our high priest and our, Christ, and, and, and our king, and Jesus Christ is interceding on our behalf. Acts 4, 12 says it is Christ alone that saves us. We don't need to have grandma and grandpa and aunt and uncle and people that live longer than us praying for us because we're dead, we're gone, we're passed on. And so as we approach this, I give you a little history as to All Hallows and, and All Saints Day, simply to ask this question. Halloween, ha, huh? well, I mean, what, what a fun, it's, it's like celebrating a fake, diabetic, meaningless thing. And we're praying for dead people, and it doesn't even matter. Like, God has, is, is hearing us because Jesus is interceding on our behalf, and we can go directly to God and talk to Him. We don't need people praying for us once we're gone. <laughs> this week, though, so on Saturday, I, I will celebrate Halloween. I like dressing up. I think it's kind of fun. In fact, in fact, one of the things that we do, we did this last year, and I thought, this is awesome. We're going to do it again this year, is we set up in our driveway. Our, my girls are a little too old to trick-or-treat. Even though I know Audra, I think she's going to go try to go trick-or-treating, so watch out for her. <laughs> uh, so we set up in the, in the driveway. We put a little fire pit out there, and, and we smoke, uh, do, some, do some hot dogs, order some pizza. I don't know why pizza, but we do that. Hand out the candy to people, and this year I think I'm going to up the ante. I think I'm going to bring the grill out front and cook hot dogs for the adults, see if they want any hot dogs, you know. Maybe have a little, little party in, in, in the driveway right there and look at all the cute little kids and high-five people and just kind of celebrate. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying simply because this Halloween comes from a meaningless, diabetic, purpose, like waste of a holiday that we just go hide as Christians. No, I'm going to sit on the driveway, and that's one of the couple times a year I'm going to be able to high-five some of my neighbors that literally garage door up, 
car in, garage door down, like they might come out on Halloween. And so the question should be, God, not, not should we hide and run from this thing, but Lord, even in this Halloween, hallow it. Lord, may your name be known and sanctified even in the way that we celebrate Halloween in our relationships. God, our purpose is to walk around and say, Lord, may your name be known. And I'm not here to give you a conviction about whether you should or shouldn't celebrate Halloween. That's, that's, that's up to you. What I'm saying, though, is whatever you do and whatever decision you do, may our prayer and may our lives be the mission that we find in this one word, and that is, Lord, may your name be known. And we sing about it on Sundays, and it's cute. Come together and sing about it on Sundays in this safe little thing called the cafeterium. Cafeterium, right? Is that what we're in? Yeah. If you want a hot pocket, there's a microwave. You can go heat it up right now. So, hot pocket. Anyways, let's go on. Uh, our... Our, our purpose in life is to say, God, may your name be known. Through Halloween, through Christmas, through the way that I live my life, through the way that people watch me at work or at school deal with stress, the way that I just live, may your name be known. And so this is a prayer. It's a prayer for our lives. And Jesus says, pray this over your life. Like, declare this over your life and say, Lord, may your name be known in my life. All aspects of my life. So we look at this prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We get to the name portion of this. We begin to study and we begin to look and pray this over our life. I vaguely remember, vaguely, when a firm handshake, an eye contact, and a good reputation was a binding deal. I vaguely remember growing up in Ordway, Colorado, that a word was a word, and a name was a name, and a handshake was a handshake, and eye contact, you could, you could, it was a binding deal. It was done. We, we still see glimpses of this, and I hope we continue to see more and more of this, but names, when we, you begin to study names, especially biblical names and the roots of where names come from, in Hebrew culture, a name means everything. Like a name is powerful. A name wasn't picked just to show how creative the parents were. A name wasn't picked to show off alternative ways to spell a name. Sorry, Zoe. I mean, Zoe. So our daughter's name is Zoe, Z-O-I. She got mad at us when it came to spelling, when she started learning how to spell. She's like, this isn't how you spell Zoe. I'm sorry, but we show off how creative we were, huh? A name, a name wasn't picked just meaningless. Like a name meant something. It, it had deep, deep circumstances of, of the birth is why some people were named. Or a reflection of a character. You read it in Genesis why some people were named certain things and reflections of character. And then we come across different names in the Bible like Noah and how he got his name. And Abraham and how his name was even changed and given a huge promise. And, and we even see in the New Testament how Saul is given a new name, Paul. I got it right. And, and how, how that is meaningful. A name means a lot. It was a big, big deal. And so when God is saying, this then is how you should pray, hallowed be your name, this is something that's so important. The name. The name of God. Who He is. What it represents. The weight that it carries. I've got this, this cute little thing called Logos. And it's, a, it's, it's this software right here. 
and it's, it's a Bible software. It was very expensive. <laughs> but on, on this logo software, I have literally 10,000 biblical references. Uh, Bibles, commentaries, maps, Greek, Hebrew. Oh, I mean, we can go on. Ten, literally 10,000 sit right here, right now. And so I can, I can type in a word, and I can go prayer or name. And anywhere in those 10,000 references that this, this word name goes, it pops up. I mean, I could spend days, years studying just names, and, and it's good to have all these resources, but sometimes when I'm writing messages and stuff, it's like, woo, like I'm way over here somehow because I got interested, and, and I'm lost over here as I'm studying, and that's something I actually did this week with the name of God, like studying the power and the weight that it carries. Now, you may not have a, you know, a Logos program, but you do have. Blue Letter Bible, it's an app, it's free. version. it's an app, it's free. You have your own Bible, you can, there, there's a great free thing you can use called Google. Just, just type in and start searching and, and researching. And, and, and when you begin to do this for the name of God, you are going to find so much stuff. I spent hours this week studying the name of God because it's powerful. And when you say words like El, Elohim, Yahweh, Jehovah, you come across biblical texts like in Exodus where he says, I am who I am. The name of Jesus is powerful. The name of God is powerful. So when Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. You pray, hallowed. Lord, may you be set apart. Be your name. The most powerful thing in the universe. Your name. And as Christians, sons and daughters, we get to declare that over our life. This, this right here, this name thing. This is where Satan will attack us. Do you know this? Like, this is where Satan will come in, and he'll try to take us out. He'll distract you from the power of the name of Yahweh. And he'll lure you to a lesser alternative. He'll get you declaring other names and other things in your life lesser, more shiny than the powerful name of Yahweh. Satan wants you calling on any other name than Jehovah. I lived in Miami. I was probably 20, 21 years old. And I was had long hair, looked good. I walked around with no shoes on because it was just cool. I stunk because showers, you didn't need them. Slept on the beach a lot. Had a great time. Anyone want to go to Miami with me? Sounds good right now, actually. I wish I could do more of that, especially the long hair part. But hey, so I lived in Miami, and why I lived in Miami is uh, we started, I quit college. I recommend everyone do that. Drop down, I'm joking. Uh, Drop down to Miami to start a rock and roll Christian band, and all I had was a lot of passion and not a lot of talent. We, we just had a band. I was in a rock and roll band. And we, wa- we went around and we played music for people and and told people how much God loves them. And it was an exciting, exciting time to be down there. But I encountered something once down in Miami. Actually, one specific time in Miami. I was, I was asleep. And I, and I was resting. It was after a, a great concert on a beach. It was beautiful. Like, our stage was set up on the beach, pointing the ocean. And so we were sitting there playing. And the people were standing in the water listening to us as it was raining. I'm like, this is gorgeous. It was awesome. And we had just come from that, and the night I, I'd fallen asleep, and I'm laying there, and, and I'm just thanking God that I'm in Miami and able to, to do this and tell people about the love of God. And, 
I'd fallen asleep, and I woke up, and it was one of those things, I don't know if it's ever happened to you or not, but I, but I woke up, and it was like I was laying there, and I couldn't move. That ever happened to you? It's like someone was literally on top of me, holding me down, and I couldn't move. And it was terrifying. And even beyond that, I couldn't speak. It, it was like I was in this room being held down. I was fully awake, and I knew that, all, that I was being held down by something, some force. Now, there's a theological thing that I want to help correct, because sometimes we'll say, Satan made us do it. Well, here's the deal. In this moment, uh, Satan cannot be omnipresent. Only God can be omnipresent everywhere at all times. Satan can only be one place at one time. And I'm not going to say it was Satan holding me down on that bed that night, because I just think that I'm, I'm a small fish. Like, he's got other things to deal with, you know? I mean, other terrorists and other things are going over there. So me in that room, I don't think it was Satan me holding me down, but it truly was an evil force that was holding me down and, not ma- and making it so I couldn't even speak. And I think that this evil force was doing it to create fear in me to show me how powerful he is and to create fear in me. And tears began to just come down my eyes. And what felt like an hour was probably just moments or seconds. I have no idea. But all I knew is from the depths of my soul, little Baptist boy getting experiencing this thing was just so foreign to me that all I wanted to get off of my lips was Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, get behind me, Satan. Like all I wanted to get out of my lips was Jesus Christ. Because there's power in this name. And when I was in that moment, and I knew all I had to get off was the power of his name, it was everything I could to get this word out. It was like struggling. And finally, off my lips came Jesus Christ. And all I could say was Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. And then suddenly the room was just vacated empty and here I am now a week just I had no energy I just fall to the floor just bawling and just sobbing calling on the name of Jesus and declaring victory over dark forces in that moment has this ever happened to you this is real this isn't fake in the name of Jesus we call out Satan wants us to think that that word means something less And it doesn't carry all the weight in the universe that it actually does. In the name of Jesus, I call it. In the name of Jesus, he is my rock and he is my fortress. In Jesus' name, I have victory. In the name of Jesus, get behind me, Satan. And Jesus is saying, pray this prayer over your life, church. It's a request and it's a powerful request. Jesus is saying, look at this. Our Father in heaven. May your name, hallowed, may your name be known in all aspects of my life. And may it be your name, the most powerful force in the universe that's known. Not my name. Because my name's frail and will fail. But in Jesus Christ, I have eternal life. I'm going to do something since we already, man, Jeremy, good job with that old, old school. Jesus' name above all names? Man, that's written in like 1970s or something. All us old people were like, I know that song. All the young ones like, what is this? This is weird. Is this a new hip song? No, it's old school. Uh, since you already did that, I want to keep us going on this. Um, uh, we're going to have a little dialogue from this point forward, and I don't care if you're okay with that. We're just going to do it because I'm pretty much done talking today. There's power 
when his church declares his name. Um, there's an old school song, and, and Mr. Seth Adams, everyone turn around and give Seth a good old clap back there. Thank you for what you do. He's rocking it. Thank you, sir. If you could put this song up. There's an old school song, and it will, I will call upon the Lord. You want to know this song? I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord. Does anyone know this song? I, sp- I spoke last night at, at, a, at the Cowboy Church. That's a fun crowd. You should go check them out. They're fun. Amen's all over the place. Amen, preach it, brother. I was like, all right. <laughs> this is one of those songs where you're getting around. You know, you like start it, and then the next section sings it, and it kind of all mu- muns, you know, blends together and all that stuff. Does anyone know how to do that? Because I tried it last night, and it was a train wreck. Everyone's laughing at me. Krista, can you literally come up here and get us singing? Like, start the round? Like, like I don't. Yeah, let's try this. I told you it's like dialogue, in, like whatever, okay? So you're the music guru, like do the, do, do the two sections, okay? Okay. Uh, okay. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord. <laughs> that was good. I needed you last night. That was awesome. Simple, man-made words of so much depth and so much truth that's in our life. Do we pray this? Do we live this out? Do we call and say, Lord, may your name be hallowed, set apart in all aspects of my life? It may be your name, the most powerful force in the universe that's known. Jehovah, Yahweh. You know, this, this word Yahweh was so, so strong that even in some, some cultures, it wouldn't even be spoken. It carried so much weight, Yahweh. Is Satan distracting the power of the name of Yahweh, Jehovah, from your life with something lesser, more temporal? What are you calling out? This is where we get to dialogue a little bit, and it's pretty easy dialogue. This is where you get to be bold, and you get to stand up, and you get to read as loud as you can the Bible verses that are up here. I don't know who you're going to be, but let's one at a time. Someone please, Seth, if you would, put Psalms 910. Someone please stand that up and declare this over us. Hmm, amen. Thank you. Ezekiel 36.22. We got a lot, so you're not getting away with them. Okay. <laughs> We don't have this many, but I mean, come on, let's boldly. Someone, Ezekiel 36, 22. For the sake of his holy name, amen. May everything point to who he is. May it be about him, from him. Thank you. Joel 2, 32. Isaiah 57, 15. Amen. 
Amen. Right, church? Exodus 34, 14. Satan wants to distract us from that powerful name. Have us worshiping something subservient to the most powerful force in the universe. The last one, so if you're waiting, this is it. See who jumps up for it. Proverbs 18.10. Amen. Do you believe this? Do you live this in your life? Do you declare this? Do you walk around and make this a prayer? Lord, your name is a strong tower. May your name be set apart from everything in my life. I want us to go into a time of just reflection right now and maybe a a time of just prayer together as as his body. As Jesus is teaching us how to pray, he's saying this is really the Lord's prayer and it's our disciple prayer, like how to pray. Do you pray this over your life? And I want to ask us if we would just to reflect on this. So if you're comfortable with it, just close your eyes. You can close your Bibles and close your notes. Let this be a time where you just openly say, God, speak to me. And I want to ask you a, a few questions that we can reflect about together. What in your life do you hallow? What in your life do you, do you set apart and hold as, as holy or sanctified? Is it time? Is it your checkbook? Is it your phone? Is it football, family, health, work, hobbies, money? What is it in your life right now that as we're looking at it, and as you're looking at it and evaluating, you would say, it's not necessarily the name of God that's hallowed in my life, set apart, that gets all my time and attention. But it's something else. In this moment, I pray that the Holy Spirit is moving in our hearts and minds. And if there's anything that's hallowed in our lives besides Yahweh, Jehovah, May we surrender that. Say, God, here, take this. I'm tired of living my life hallowing things that are temporal, meaningless. I declare the most magnificent force in the universe through all time and space, your name over my life. I don't hold back my name. I don't hold on to the things of this world. But God, I declare your power over my life. So please take these phony, shiny things that I've just let set up temporary shop in my life, and I pray that you begin to crush them. Crush my pride. Crush my anxiety. Crush my worry. Crush my planning. May your name be hallowed in my life. church as we continue just to reflect on his word and let his spirit move in our hearts and minds I want to ask what are ways that God has hallowed his name in your life already like he kept you 
from getting involved with that gossip. He protected you from a, a dirty action. He's rebuilding a dying relationship. What ways can we just stand and say, God, your name is being hallowed in my life. And it's nothing I've done or haven't done, but it's because you love me and your grace is pouring on my life. And church, begin to thank him in those moments. Say, thank you, God, for what you're doing, how you're moving in my life. It's his name on your lips. Are we creatively and actively accepting his word as a victor in our life? Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God, our Jehovah King, a provider, he comes to give you life. Some of us may feel like, like I did in Miami on that bed, just evil forces holding us down in aspects of our life. I declare victory over that in your life. And will you accept that? Will you call on his name? Will you call out and say, God, you are a victor in my life. May your will be done in my life. And church, may we pray that his will will be done in our life, that he would be set apart and holy in our life. So our prayer as a church is our Father in heaven. May your name be set apart and known. What a beautiful prayer.